Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Say go Steelers! Go Steelers! Steelers Outpost Podcast, July 16th, 2018, episode 47. This is Tom from the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. Tonight, we will be reporting on what may be the defining story of 2018. At 4 p.m. Eastern today, it became official. Le'Veon Bell and the football Pittsburgh Steelers threw in the towel. There will be no long-term contract for our superstar do-all running back, he receives the franchise tag for the second year in a row, all but ensuring his departure in 2019. I have with me, as I said, my co-host, Nick. He is in mourning, but he has agreed to shed his sadness and hopefully his, he will assume some calm demeanor while he joins me reporting this very sad story, state of affairs. Yeah, there's no guarantee for that, but can we at least start with a moment of silence? Just out of respect for the departure of the most glorious offensive era in the Pittsburgh Steelers history. Okay. Yeah, we got a few things to talk about. As expected, Le'Veon did not sign a long-term deal. That pretty much all but guarantees that Lev will be playing his last year with the Steelers this year. His agent actually confirmed that pretty much um, earlier in the day saying that basically this is Lev's last year and he's going to be gone after that. So that sucks. Uh, There's a bunch of different elements to the fallout from that. And I think we should go over all of those elements today in the podcast. I'm going to try and start with some positives um, that the Steelers are looking at going forward. But I think that there's going to be a ripple effect from this failure to sign uh, one of the best players in the history of the franchise to a long-term deal. Well, we might have a little disagreement about the, I mean, everybody makes his own choices. We said that back in episode 28 when we were talking about the pros and cons of Le'Veon holding out, trying to establish a new bar for the running backs. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I personally feel from a business perspective, this is an error on his part. He's going to be, he's going to pass up current money for future money. That's such a question mark. Um, I think it was a mistake. Yeah, there's no doubt. This is an enormous risk from Le'Veon's perspective. A lot of people are praising him, and I understand why, in terms of how NFL players often are criminally underpaid compared to the money that they're bringing in, especially when you look at what the owners are making for not doing any of the work. I mean, the money is there. As as angry as people want to be for, they're making millions of dollars, they shouldn't complain. Well, it the money, <laughs> people are going to the game. 
games. People are buying the jerseys. People are watching the ads on the television programs. They should get what they're earning. But you're right. I mean, this is a huge risk for a guy who's only made it through one full season without being injured. But if he does make it through this year, it'll pay off for him. But, man, he really is rolling the dice. A lot of people aren't talking about that as much as they probably could be. So the question is, if he, let's let's assume he goes next year to another team, and, and as you and Patrick pointed out last week, he'll he'll get the money from somebody. Yeah. How much guarantee can he count on? A, a season's worth? Because what the, the story uh, from Ian Rappaport, if we can believe this, is uh, or they didn't even mention what was guaranteed in the offer that the Steelers made. We don't know made. yet. Yeah, they they haven't released those numbers. They won't officially release those numbers, but the expectation in the media is that those numbers will leak out so we'll get an idea of what the Steelers were offering Le'Veon. Uh, the reports also indicate that the the issue that the Steelers were having was they wanted to pay the the position. They didn't want to pay the player. That's what his agent had said. And to me, that could be their downfall. It sounds like if that is true, the Steelers already felt that they were paying Le'Veon way above market value, which they were. But to me, the NFL is changing. They talk about the versatility of defensive backs. Hell, the Steelers talk about versatility all the time and how three fours aren't technically three fours anymore and safeties aren't traditional safeties. Well, Le'Veon is the first real beacon in the group of new running backs, and so he's going to command a big salary. And he's just the coincidental first candidate. I mean, this is going to be a different story if you're trying to sign him in two years. David Johnson's going to be up for a contract. David Johnson is like a younger, maybe better Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he's going to be having similar conversations. Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley. There's a lot of guys who are going to reset this market. So I hope that's not what it came down to because he's obviously more valuable than an $8 million running back. All right, so what are the positives? I mean, Le'Veon Bell is going to have to focus uh, to to pick up his this year so that he has the numbers for for the next contract. Hopefully, you know, and that's a double-edged sword. The, the harder he tries, I don't know whether literally this is true, but is he more prone to injury? Um, I don't think he can try any harder than he, I don't think Le'Veon uh, increases or decreases his effort at any, at any point. He's one of those elite athletes that is in unbelievable condition all the time. He's super competitive, and I don't think this is going to change the way he plays at all. I do think if you do want to look for uh, a positive situation, it's not a positive situation. I'm just going to find some elements that aren't doom and gloom. I do think he'll have a better start this year, potentially than last year, just because they might be ready for it. You know, schematically, they might take some of the load off of him, maybe give some carries to some other guys or find some more creative ways to get him the ball rather than just turning around and handing it to him 24 plus times like they did week one in Cleveland last year. Well, maybe the, and the other uh, aspect is training camp. Will he wait to the first game? Will he wait till November? Or will he want to get in a training camp so that he's ready for the season? That, that, I mean, I take your point. He's not going to try harder. He's he probably tries right. as hard as anybody can. Though, but he did not make training camp last year, and that showed at the beginning of the season. Is that going to change this season? No, he's going to do the exact repeat of last year. And there is a rumor out there that people are spreading saying that he might hold out half the season. He's not going to do that. He's going to lose an an absolute gargantuan sum of money. And honestly, this whole Le'Veon situation, we've known what's going to happen the entire time. And I even joked with you over the phone that over the past few weeks, I've really over the past year, but especially over the past few weeks as this is heated up, I've tried to trick myself into thinking it's going to change. But we pretty much knew last year 
when they failed to make the negotiation that it wasn't going to happen for them because they offered him, you know, I don't know if they offered him $12.5 million, but they offered him around what the franchise tag was last year. So we said at that time, well, if they franchise him a second time, that number is going to go up to $14.5 million. Why would they up their offer from what they did this last year? So we kind of knew that was going to happen. And by the same token, when Le'Veon had his Instagram live session a few months back, he did contradict himself over and over again. But he also did say it's basically going to be a replay of last year. No training camp. You show up there before the first game and he'll roll like that. So um, to your point, so his – sorry, didn't have my thoughts in order. I thought you – his backups are going to be James Conner, almost for sure. Yeah. Uh, the Riddler, perhaps Riddler. We'll see, yeah. We'll see. That's still an open open question. Jalen Samuels, obviously everyone's excited about that super late-round draft pick, which really means absolutely nothing. It's like, do you want no, a Le'Veon Bell who's slower, less talented, and just – not as good. Yes, we do. Jalen Samuels. Don't nobody worry about Jalen Samuels. Okay, Jalen Samuels isn't Will Johnson. All right, he doesn't have that kind of name. Whatever. Okay, let me get into. I just want to talk about the first thoughts that came to my head when this became apparent. But I'm not going to give those first thoughts to you first. I'm going to give some nicer thoughts first. So I wrote out a little list of just positives for the Steelers franchise going forward. The number one is yours and my good old standby. We still got Franco. Come on, Franco. And for any of you guys who don't know what that means, if you go back and watch the NFL films recaps of the Steelers 1970s Super Bowls, I think it was the first one when we were playing against the Minnesota Vikings, and it was just a dogfight, low-scoring game, and they caught – some guy in a bowler out in the stands. I don't know how they mic'd him up so well, but I guess the Steelers fans were nervous. And this guy said to his buddy, we still got Franco. Come on, Franco. And some sort of Western European accent that we haven't really identified yet. But that's what we say, and at least we still got some good guys. So you still got Ben, you got AB, you got Tomlin, you got that offensive line, and obviously Juju is coming into the fold, and hopefully Washington continues the tradition of young Steelers receivers of becoming a good player. And at the end of the day, you still got a lot of great players going forward. So that kind of goes without saying, you still got them. It's not the end of the world, right? Uh, Cole, you know, Colbert, as angry as I am right now for not at him for not getting this deal done, his track record's pretty damn good, and so are the Roonies, right? The, the second big positive, not as a result of this situation, but just to consider in this situation, is that you cannot replace Le'Veon from what he does. Nobody can block, catch, run, and playmake as well he, as he can. But great running, rookie running backs have been making immediate impacts. Like all of, They're growing on trees right now. So many good running backs from Zeke to Kamara to Hunt. Even Fournette was, you know, serviceable. Jordan Howard the year before. The list goes on and on. These guys are coming in out of nowhere. I mean, Mixon, you had the guy Dalvin Cook. Uh, McCaffrey did a good job last year, not as a traditional running back. But hopefully next year the Steelers get a first or second round guy who you can plug in and get some great production out of. You don't end up with the Jonathan Dwyer situation again. If we're going to talk about the future, um, I just want to point out a couple of things. A, 
okay, so we lose them next year. That's a lot of money loose enough for this for the uh, for the salary cap. Oh, B, the bigger is. thing for me is the Steelers have established a precedent in negotiations. They generally don't bend a whole lot. They don't give away the store to anybody. I think uh, I did. You may have looked at Roethlisberger, and Roethlisberger had a couple of missteps earlier in his career that the the Steelers dealt with and you know put behind them. But generally, they're not going to overpay for anybody. And not setting a precedent, setting a precedent like that helps in future negotiations because players know they can only push so far, and the Steelers are willing to walk away from a deal. Right, man. It, uh, it it worked out when they let Mike Wallace walk away, and they and they literally handed his contract, his exact contract. They handed it to Antonio Brown. It worked out well that time. Fulfilling the promise that they had made to him, and I think on the positive, it's it's a positive that the players also see that they pay they pay their players, they fulfill their promise. So Antonio Brown was yeah. a recipient of that. So yeah, exactly. they're trustworthy, both from yeah. a, how much they're going to bend standpoint and that they'll they'll back up what they say. Yeah, I mean, it's a miracle that it's worked so many times for them, honestly. I mean, miracle's probably strong, but this is one of the, this is, this is definitely the biggest time that it's bit them in the butt. I truly think they're losing their, you know, if you're not going to say the most dynamic offensive player that they've ever had, but obviously in the very upper echelon. But you did do a nice little bit of foreshadowing there uh, with the salary cap. Another sort of positive that you can look at around this situation is that Le'Veon and I've got to predict Shazier are both going to be off the books. They're both 10 plus million dollar salary guys. So that frees up, you know, 20 plus million dollars on the cap for next year. You might be able to sign a guy to get a defense or an offense closer to where they need to be. Uh, Ben's extension is in line. I don't know how that's going to affect them, but you will finally not be scraped up against the cap for the first time. And it'll be interesting to see what Colbert can do with that type of flexibility. And, just so all hope is not lost. But, but, ladies and gentlemen, the margin for error is super slim. And I've got to keep it real with you guys. I didn't want to just, I didn't want to be an emo on here, right? I didn't want to nasally whine my way through this podcast. And I promised you I wouldn't cry. But I got to keep it real. We got to look at this team compared to other teams in the NFL and where their trajectory is. I think a lot of Steelers look at these situations in a vacuum. They say, okay, you shouldn't overpay for Le'Veon Bell because most running backs peter out after their sixth year anyways. Oh, look at the Philadelphia Eagles. They just won with a a running back by committee, this or that. Well, the Philadelphia Eagles also had the best defensive line in the NFL. They had great defensive talent up and down the board. We were begging to get their backup linebacker to start for us Nigel Brad- Nigel what is his name Braddock can't remember him he's not even that big of a deal but we were trying to get him in free agency they have one of the top five offensive and defensive coaching staffs in the league Steelers don't have any of that stuff you know you it, it the the theory of running back by committee doesn't just work anywhere and same with some of these other theories that Steelers fans are putting out you know well you get rid of them you get people who want to be on the team what do you I, I can't even acknowledge that, honestly. <laughs> like, you're going to want to be on the team, but if you're not talented enough, you're not going to win. Um, I know I'm, that's a little bit of, of rambalizing here, but what I'm trying to tell you is that people are coming to the end of their careers. Once you're seeing this Super Bowl window close, I think that this is, I mean, this is your, 
I don't know what's going to happen after this year, but let's not kid ourselves. This is our best chance. I think our chance in 2018 is almost as good as it was in 2017 because you have basically the same team minus your defensive superstar, Ryan Shazier, and minus some of the depth at wide receiver and offensive line. Okay, so our best hope is that the offense stays clicking, which we have all the reason to believe that they will. There are some new additions, Vance McDonald, even if you include him in that. And there's a lot of continuity. And then we got to hope that the defense can become above average because you can't kid yourself. That is their highest ceiling. They're not going to be a great defense. The loss of Ryan Shazier changed the trajectory of this franchise for the next few years. We don't have a single young player outside of maybe TJ Watt who's flashed big time potential. I know we got some decent young guys, got the silver bullet, but there's not a lot to build on with that defense. So by the time they could become a good defense, you are looking at Ben being out of his prime or retired, AB not being in his physical prime. We only have a couple years with that offensive line and the killer Bs minus Le'Veon and their physical prime. So the window is very short here, and I would have liked to have seen them secure Le'Veon for more than one year to kind of extend that. Whoa, whoa, big bigot. Let me just stop you there. You're forgetting about one critical factor, the fact they're going to swap T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree at outside linebacker. I think that solves the problem. Yeah. T.J. or Bud says that he wants to be talked about as one of the best outside linebackers in the league this year. That's right. He said he wants to be paid... He wants to be paid like a right outside linebacker and a left outside linebacker. Well, I mean, that's, that's you got to give the man his wish. He's so versatile. Got to put him on another side. Anyways, they. When you look at this, I'm just showing you what the roster looks like, and you've got to compete against other teams in the league. I say the Steelers are slightly below, just barely nipping at the heels of that top tier of talent. The Philadelphia Eagles, the Los Angeles Rams, there are teams at the top of the NFL, the Jaguars, unreal talent at every position except for quarterback, Jaguars fans, just overwhelming in terms of their talent. There's also other teams in our division who are getting high pedigree rookie quarterbacks on rookie deals. So that's usually the window for NFL teams is when you get a guy who you can get starting at quarterback early who's effective and you can spend all your money elsewhere. That's why the Los Angeles Rams were able to load up on so much ridiculous talent because Jared Goff's on a rookie deal. And you're going to be looking at that with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens and Baker Mayfield and the Browns. And so we we still got time while they're developing. But this is basically we got what we got and we're going to battle again with pretty much what we had last year. I think, obviously, the defense is going to be improved since the Jaguars game, but you don't get a Ryan Shazier back, which is unfortunate. So, yeah, so uh, the, the sum total is it's, it's, a little bit, it's a little less talented than last year. Shazier, obviously, a big hole. I think, um, you, you're, I guess when you talk about the offensive line, you're talking about Beecham, the loss of Beecham, who we didn't know that. We didn't have him last year, but go ahead. I think you you're mentioned the offensive Hubbard? line. Hubbard, sorry. Yeah, 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 just with depth. And I kind of got off topic. What I'm really talking about is I would have liked to see Le'Veon on this team for two more years because after he leaves, you he takes the Steelers from being like astoundingly talented on offense to being a talented offensive team. So with 
and maybe that's what the Eagles were, but like I said, the Eagles, or the Patriots for that matter, whatever teams have been in the Super Bowls recently, they make up for it with the other side. The Denver Broncos were able to win with one supremely talented unit, their defense, which carried a, a pretty crappy offense, right? That threw more interceptions than any other team in the league. So what makes up for talent? What can you say, like, it's going to be okay without Le'Veon because NFL teams succeed with running backs by committee? Well, coaching makes up for talent. And if our defense isn't super talented, I'll get to the feet master in a second. If our defense isn't super talented, then you hope the coaching is good. But it's not. I'm not going to say it's horrific, but we know it's at best league average. And that's just not going to – that's not going to do. You don't have a Wade Phillips over there. You don't have a Harbaugh. So we have a large enough sample size to judge Keith Butler and Mike Tomlin. Like, they're not going to revolutionize anything soon. Now, that does segue into something you were just referencing. The feet master, Randy Feetner. We better hope he's awesome because, like I said, once Lev is gone, he won't have that mega elite talent to work with anymore. Ben, AB, and the O-line will all pretty much be out of their physical primes by then. Hopefully they'll have another year or so. And then, like I said, the, the running back committee thing only works with creative coaching. Hopefully they get a high-pedigree guy. So that's where I hold my, my, my hat on. And we still have a lot of information that's going to need to come out after Lev is gone. Um, but it just it's hard for me to see this defense getting to a Super Bowl caliber or, or really a place where they can complement the offense for another two years or so just because I don't see a breakout candidate ready right on the horizon. Maybe I'm just being glass half. No, no, I'm not. I, that's a fact. You can't tell me Bud Dupree is going to emerge. Bud Dupree is what he is. He can play fine, but you're going to need to make up with it with some fireworks on offense. So you've had your catharsis. Is it off your chest now? Or at least everything you want yeah. to say off your chest? All right. All right. Yeah, sure. Which brought, brought me down. I have some more positive. Oh, well, that's, that's what happened. I mean, like I, I said, they can definitely win the Super Bowl this year. They should have, they should have been in it last year. I and mean, that was a missed opportunity. And they, and honestly, the Jaguars deserve to win that playoff game, but they did get unlucky in terms of Ben's fumble bouncing right into Telvin Smith, the fastest linebacker in the game's hand, and he returned that for a touchdown. You know, they were close to advancing last year, as ugly as that thing was. But like I said, these running backs grow on trees now. And James Conner has shown an ability to have the power, the size, the running ability, and I think he can improve with the blocking, to make up for some of the loss of Le'Veon. And we still got Franco. We got Ben. We got AB. And obviously, you know, the defense will improve. Just because I don't think that there's a Shazier in the wings doesn't mean, you know, we, can, we can't improve across the board because – I like what we have now better than what we did last year. Yeah, you year. brought on some you brought on some veteran defensive defensive backs, so we hope for that. Yeah. So, but that's not Super Bowl. I'd like to segue into our last segment. It'll be short, but we want to recognize uh, last week's soccer segment, and um, if only <laughs> may have gone a little overboard. And when I say we, it's a world we because well. technical difficulties prevented me from participating in the discussion. Nick, please proceed. I have nothing to apologize for. I just have something to add. I loved all the responses we got on Twitter and to the email regarding soccer. Most of you angry. I totally understand. So I I was talking to P. Butch. I was talking to Pat last week, and I was like, we should have gone harder just trashing (laughs) soccer. You're doubling down. Because it would be funny. Because it would be worth listening to. But for that reason and that reason only. 
And I also told him I had a little spot at the end when we were trashing soccer, when I tried to turn it around and get serious and be like, actually, let me show you why I was an ignorant soccer watcher for a long time and have actually you know, realized what an awesome game it is, which is, which is a really dumb sounding statement in itself. I realized, oh, Nick likes it. It's okay now. But I did want to shed some light for some people who, who may have actually agreed with some of what we said last week. A lot of the arguments – well, first off, let me address this. The podcast wasn't to talk about how bad soccer was. It was just to say something that is probably blatantly obvious. If more American athletes played soccer, U.S. would be better at soccer. That's not exactly earth-shaking, right? We got a lot of great athletes. Most of them play football, basketball, or baseball, and other – like prime soccer players are actually playing lacrosse on the East Coast and you lose some guys who would be perfect for that sport. It's kind of just common sense, right? So that doesn't create conversation that much. Yeah, you got more people. If they played, you'd have a better chance of getting better soccer players. But um, that doesn't sell radio advertisements, okay? So we trash it a little bit. But I'm here today to tell you what I like about it. Did you have something you want to interject about soccer? By the way, you were the one who told us about them. Never mind. I love soccer in all its forms. And I, love, <laughs> and I love soccer, people who play soccer and people who watch soccer. Nick, the have day you seen I the quit soccer was one of the happiest days of your life. Yeah, uh, admittedly, but you quit when you were like six. It was horrific. Yeah, I was smart it, was, then. it was just short of baseball and the horrendousness that it was I to know. have to watch kindergarten. <laughs> we're just doubling down. <laughs> I told you. Okay, but. Seriously, no, no, for what anybody sport, who what sport does a what sport should a kid, a kindergarten or a first grader be playing? None, zero. You know, Coach Morgan Wooten, who was the winningest basketball coach in high school history, coached locally at Dematha, had a clinic at uh, school Nick went to when this is after you were there. Nick, we had a bunch of kindergartners, first graders. He wouldn't let them dribble the ball. He wouldn't let them shoot it. They were just rolling the ball around. And they had as much fun as you had with cardboard boxes when you were two years old. I don't know why I bought you all those toys at that time. So my point is sports just are not watchable until, I guess, say, seventh grade. Yeah, that makes about sense. So it wasn't soccer per se. And soccer, let's face it, that that probably is the best sport for a young kid because it's it's usually just two-dimensional and you you don't have to use your hands. Well, for anybody who out there who doesn't like soccer and doesn't want to give it a chance, let me make my argument just as, as one of you. Um, as somebody who just was mainly bored by the sport their whole life, I've always – I'm not an idiot. I respect the athletic prowess. I've had lots of great friends who play soccer. That's actually what, what kind of keyed me into trying to like it is uh, Julio in college and being like, well, Julio's – I mean – that's my boy. That's my guy right there. And he's a great athlete. There must be something to this. No, I'm kidding. Look at these dudes. They're, they're studs. But as someone who didn't like it, the reasons why a lot of people don't like soccer are actually the reasons why it's awesome. The lack of scoring is the best part, almost. It's the tension. Because we always joke that it's a game where things don't happen. But it builds the tension so intensely that when someone does score, it is like five touchdowns into one incredible great feeling and there's just this slight push and pull that there's a lot of subtleties to the game whereas 
somebody uh, makes the same – a lot of people make the same argument against football. It's too slow. It stops and starts. And we'd argue, well, that's what makes it so great because since you stop and start, it makes the plays very fast. That's what we like to cite about football is like the processing speed these guys have to have because you're not playing basketball or soccer where you kind of get a free flow and you might actually get a break. You know, while you're running down the field, you have a chance to process things. And football is bam, bam, bam. But other people argue that that makes it boring. Well, soccer, it's kind of a similar idea where it's a build of tension. Obviously, then you don't have to. The highlights and stuff is obvious. I mean, that's just amazing looking what some of these dudes can do, keeping the ball on their foot and then making the athletic plays that they do. That's obvious, the opposite. Right? The opposite side of that is watching the NBA, which I cannot. The only way I can watch the NBA is on ESPN in the morning, watching top ten plays. It's the 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 absolute focus on scoring. By the way, these guys can score any way they want to. It's just, it, you know, it sort of does become boring after a point. So there, I think football is a happy medium. It's there's nothing automatic about it, but. There is usually a lot of scoring and a lot of different ways to score. Well, that's just another one of the infinite reasons for why football is the greatest game ever created by mankind. Smartest, hardest, fastest, most brutal, most ingenious. What what else do you want? Hey, we appreciate you listening to this show, and we do it each week. We're still coming to you in the doldrums in the NFL season, but we start looking at uh, training camp coming up. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. If you haven't left us a rating on, it's not iTunes anymore, it's Apple Podcasts. Please do that. We're Mm. trying to make the show as informative and, and entertaining as possible, and we'd love to get your feedback. So hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Leave us a note on the website at SteelersOutpost.com or shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Until next week, thanks for listening. Go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. 
Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.